What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Outfielder Podcast, episode 24, brought to you by Sensibly Loud Media. I am your host, Justin, a.k.a. J-Mac, a.k.a. Founder Numero Uno, and I am rejoined by my co-host, Mr. Popfly himself, Founder Numero Dos, Ben. I love the idea, but like at a certain point, where do the dogs pee? Baseball. Ben, (laughs) what's going on, man? (laughs) <laughs> oh, that! W- <laughs> oh, I was not expecting that one this evening. Well done, Justin. <laughs> it is great to be back. How are you, my friend? Man, awesome. It's great to be back at the Sensibly Loud Studios. Glad to have you back. It's been a while. Fe- or it feels like it's been a while. We were talking about that just before the show started. Like, I feel like you and I talk so much more often uh, in between like shows and business and figuring out what all to do on a day-to-day basis. They're like, whenever you and I go like a weekend without talking, I feel like I have some sort of withdrawal syndrome or something. I get it, man. I get it. Plus, you were trapped in a, in a car going to Houston, which, uh, you know, I try to avoid like the plague. So I totally get it. I actually flew to Houston. 45 minute flight. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, man. It was awesome. Flights were super cheap and it just kind of all worked out the same way. There were actually a ton of Red Sox fans down there. It was, it was a good time. We, it was, we had a blast. Nice. Well, I, I can't wait to hear all about it. But aside from that, how's your baseball week going? Oh, man, it's been super stressful. I was telling you, I think, before the show started, too, or during pre-show meeting or something, that uh, it's. <laughs> I feel like all I've been able to focus on is this Red Sox-Astros series because it's such a big series for both teams. And they're definitely the best two teams in the AL. Um, and, you know, some others can be kind of debated there. But uh, overall, it's had me on edge, I'll tell you. Oh, I get it, man. Well... If you were on edge, it didn't come through. I got to tell you, I listened back to the conversation between you and the greatest of all known Sambinos, and um, y'all sounded great on Thursday. That was an outstanding episode. Definitely want to thank Sam for coming on. Uh, a lot of good stuff from that podcast. Absolutely, man. He can't fill your shoes, but he, he gets pretty close. He's, he's a good guy. I love uh, having old, the, uh, the great, uh, what is it, the, uh, the great Sambino on. It's got to be That's great. right. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think one of my favorite parts from that episode was um, him getting grief at the at the ball game in San Francisco for ordering beer and a hot dog, <laughs> and then his reaction, like, I just thought it was so funny. Yeah, like, he, I don't blame him for not wanting to put up with that shit. That's, that's, that's just ridiculous. It really is. Well, like, it, maybe if he had went for, like, I don't know he was having quiche or something like I could see someone maybe turning their head, but it's like, okay, what do you get at a ball game? Right. You get a beer and a hot dog. Like that's what you get. Right. I don't understand what her confusion was. I really, that the fact that she was asking was more confusing than what Sam was ordering far and away. No, no, but you get, you all covered a lot of good stuff. So, so well done, my friend. Yeah, man. It was, it was a good time always to, to shoot the shit with Sam. Did you happen to hear? So I, I wanted to, I clipped this because it was one of my favorite parts of the, that episode too. And I knew that you would, you would love this the most of anybody because of just odd word usage at different times. Uh, Sam and I were talking about Dustin Pedroia for some reason. And, oh, we were talking about the Hanley Ramirez thing and about them cutting him to make the room for that, uh, May he rest in Red Sox peace, I guess. But um, we were talking about that, we were, and and Sam was saying, you know, I don't really, I'm not really as big on the Dustin Pedroia fan as, or you know, train as you are. And so we were kind of going back and forth about that. And I cut this clip of Sam, and it just cracked me up. I just wanted to play it for you. Are you ready for this? Always. All right. I know he's a a real gritty guy. Yeah. And he's got clubhouse, whatever, you know, panache or something, but. <laughs> <laughs> The panache thing I was not ready for. <laughs> uh, how, how do you prepare for something like that? You don't. I don't. I, yeah, exactly. Like it just—it was too priceless not to cut. As soon as I heard it, I was like, I love that he, I love that he went with it, and it was like, or something. I don't know, but whatever. It doesn't matter. I think I think one of my favorite parts of that, and I'll end it on this: is y'all talking about the the goose flying into the scoreboard. <laughs> Cause I hadn't heard that story yet. And then, so him talking about like working in this professional office and he just loses it and people are like, Oh my God, why is he laughing? (laughs) That's so maniacal. It's a goose. (laughs) So maniacal. I love it. Yeah. He went up to, uh, so another thing, um, in that episode, he, uh, he threw some shade at one of the grounds crew members, basement Dan, uh, about being uh, insistent on accuracy. That's right. I thought that that was really funny. I also liked the shade that he threw there because um, the last two episodes, I think I've called him Outfielder Dan, and uh, 
<laughs> Sam made it very clear to say, listener Dan. <laughs> <laughs> no credit whatsoever. Zero credit. Not from the great oh. Sambino, I know that. Yep, yep, that's funny. It's like not, you know, priority listeners. He just said, no, just listener. Whenever. Anyway, I thought that was humorous. Next time Dan's up in town, we'll have to get. We'll have to get him up to the office, and, uh, and maybe maybe they can hash these issues out. It seems like they need to, to hash yeah, absolutely. this out. Absolutely. It'll yeah. be our first brawl at the studio. <laughs> yeah, we'll just... Speaking we'll, of... We'll host uh, a actually, fight night. Yes. <laughs> uh, where have we gotten that idea before? No, our own outfielder, Dan, uh, is going to be heading up to Fenway. So yeah. our, our um, uh, reach is spreading. Once again, if you're listening to this podcast, make sure to tweet us your ballpark photos from this season at OutfielderPod on the good old Twitter uh, we'll make sure that we share some of those and give you some love, and we can see just how many of the big league stadiums we can hit this year. I got on the other night and tweeted a picture from the main account, from the outfielder account, tweeted it uh, from the uh, from Minute Maid part. Had to. Excellent. So we'll cross that off the list. We're going to get a map made. I, I, we keep saying this. We're, we'll send it down to creative, see what happens. Yep. Yeah, they're going to have to put the bong away down in creative. But Exactly. Uh, Sam did say, uh, and I wanted to kind of review a little bit of fallout real quick. While I was down in Houston, he went up to see uh, good old Jimmy Midtown this weekend and caught a Mets game at City Field. Nice. Yeah, except for the fact that the game they went to on Friday night, the Mets lost 7-4 to four after giving up three runs in the 7th and 8th inning, plus one more in the night to lose 7-4. Oh <laughs> to four. <laughs> he, was, uh, he texted me and said, the Mets still suck. I came, I saw, they suck. <laughs> it's incredible. And then just poor Jimmy is crying right next to him. <laughs> poor Jimmy, man. <laughs> poor Jimmy. That's rough. That's, that's a terrible way to go down for sure. That is. Well, the good news is their division is kind of helping them out, but we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit, I think. Yeah, plenty of baseball to talk about. Plenty of baseball to talk about for sure. Absolutely. All right. Well, Ben, who is sponsoring the pod today? All right, let me go check the old teletype fax computer machine here. Here we go, hot off the wire. Tired of only hearing take me out to the ball game as your summer anthem? Do you end up wanting more than just peanuts and cracker jacks? Do you wish the dude from Creedence Clearwater Revival would have done more with his post-CCR career? Well, you're in luck. Check out Center Field by John Fogarty. This 1985 classic was nominated for, for a Grammy Award for the Best Male Rock Vocal Performance, but it lost out to The Boys of Summer by Don freaking Henley. Back to you, Justin. Boy, so much to unpack there. <laughs> Did- I don't even know where to start asking questions. I don't know if I want to address Don Henley. I don't know if I want to address John Fogarty. I don't know if I want to address CCR. Uh, I don't. I don't know if I want to address the lack of mentioning of Proud Mary and CCR and John Fogarty in the same ad. I, I just. I don't know where to go. Well, Proud Mary was early in the CCR career. This was like 15 years after they broke up. I get that. I get that. That doesn't mean it shouldn't be mentioned. It should always be mentioned. So I don't know about what it was like in your house growing up, but my dad, non-vet, he wore CCR out. I love me some Credence. Yep. But, like, that was a consistent staple, having that cassette in on road trips. Is that the same thing for you? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. My dad was a big CCR guy. Dude, that's nuts. Well, anyway, that's what we have from our sponsors. If you're interested in sponsoring the podcast, come up with a product, and 50 years from now, we'll make a joke about it. Exactly. Exactly. I really don't know... uh... When the new sponsors come on board here pretty soon, I don't know what we're going to do about this, but we'll hammer it out. That's for, that's for us to figure out and the grounds crew to just sit back and listen to. One of my favorite quotes is, that's future me's problem. Exactly. I typically use that on a Friday of, that's a Monday type of problem. That's right. That's right. right. Exactly. Well, I think it's time for everybody's favorite segment. Ben, what do you think? Oh, absolutely. I'm ready here. You know what that segment is? What is it? Around the Diamond! Around the Diamond. That's right, where we take you around the league from AL to NL, from East to West, and everywhere in between. Justin, what's going on in the AL East? All right, let's talk about it. So, uh, this is a little bit weird because the Yankees technically have two less losses than the Red Sox, so they're on top of the standings, but they're also a half game back. So, it's kind of weird. So, Boston is at the top of the standings 40 and 19, um, New York 37 and 17. In second place, in third place, Tampa Bay at 28 and 30. Fourth place, we have Toronto at 26 and 33. And 
and dead last we have Baltimore 17 and 41. Ben, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, so Baltimore, worst team in the majors right now, or at least worst team, worst record in the American League. Oh, and also in the National League, worst team in baseball. Um, kind of want to know what's going on in Baltimore, but I kind of don't even want to have to think about that baseball club. Yeah, I'd be wondering what's going on with Toronto. I feel like they're worse this year than I thought they would be. Um, you know, we're the first week in June and they're 14 games back in the division. I wouldn't expect them to be out playing Boston or New York, but I at least wouldn't expect them to be being outplayed by Tampa. Uh, as far as New York, they're still going to be a team to watch. Um, you know, only 17 losses and they've won their last four in a row. So a lot of good stuff happening out there. Um, realistically though, I think what's nuts is, the freaking Red Sox, man, 40 and 19. Yep. I mean, that's that's the best team in baseball. Yep, most wins in baseball. First rip, uh, first team to 40 wins. I think they were the first team to 10, 20, 30, and now 40, actually. Pretty sure. Yeah, Houston might have beat them to 20, but you're right. It's been close. But no, now they're, they're decidedly the first team to 40. I don't think so, 40 because with, I think uh, that they've had more wins over Houston all year. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It, it's it's pre- it's close, though. That's neck and neck. Yeah, man, the Yankees, uh, I mean, piddling along just like they should be. Um, you know, like you said, 6-4 of four their last 10. Boston also 6-4 of four their last 10. Um, they dropped the first two games of the Houston series, one last night. Uh, and it's being played on Sunday Night Baseball right now, so I'm actually recording it so I can watch it later. Um because it's been that that much of a series. But we're going to get into that here in a little while. Um, Toronto is starting to deal with a lot of different problems on a lot of different fronts. They're trying to figure out a stadium situation. Um, taxpayers seem to not be that inclined to give them a new stadium. We all know how that song and dance goes. We all yep. know what my opinion is of publicly financed stadiums. It's an absolute racket. Um, on top of that, they have an enormous pay- payroll with a lot of aging veterans that are hurt. Uh, I actually Googled yesterday does, uh, uh, to look up uh, Troy Tulowitzki to see if he even still played baseball at all. Like That's how much of a, a, an abyss that Toronto's fallen into. The other problem that they have is the fact that they play in the AL East with two of the like, enormous juggernauts in baseball. No, that makes sense. And I think that that also goes against you know, um, you know Tampa and, and to some extent Baltimore, but they were likely to lose anyway. I think what's most surprising though is we're still early enough in the year where they haven't gone through a number of series with Boston or New York, so at least they should have a little bit of wiggle room, and they don't. Um, do you think that Canada's going to lose their only remaining baseball team? No, probably not. They'll get it worked out. Um, actually, Toronto's played Boston twice, if not three times already. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe that's why they're doing so poorly. Also, yeah, that hasn't helped. Sidebar here, uh, I heard something on the radio the other day. Portland is trying to get a Major League Baseball club. Yep, but we talked about that in like episode five or something like that. Yeah, I want to say call back to like episode three, four, or five, one of the early, early ones where we talked about Portland, and uh, I just didn't think there were any legs to it, and it looks like there are literal legs to it. Yeah, man, I, we've had this discussion before, and, and we can get it a little little bit more in depth uh, as we as we go on the, the year, maybe some all-star break talk. I think sure. we're going to try to do like an extravaganza of like like a show a day during the All-Star break or something like that and maybe <laughs> alternate out some hosts and things. I don't know. We're, we're going to brainstorm. That's, that's a, a problem for like another month, you know? That's right. You know, if we keep saying that. Um, that that's wh- July Ben's problem. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Ben's in charge of the content. So, that yeah, I get it. Um, the <laughs> one last thing to I wanted to note in that division, did you see that the uh, Orioles are considering signing Hanley Ramirez? No. I did not see that. I thought you said you thought he was going to end up in like Colorado or something. Still do. He would hit fucking bombs in in uh, Colorado, man. Yeah, he'd be up in the jet stream for sure. The one thing that I will always remember when I think about hitting a baseball, do you know what it is? What? Hitting a baseball is the hardest thing in the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> Those are some true words to live by. So true. No, but I think that... Um, it's a really that would be a really weird move for Baltimore, just given like where they are, um, or like their roster construction right now, and like and also where they are too. Yeah, I guess because like they're on a, they're a team that's going to need to rebuild. I mean, Dan Duquette, he used to be the the GM of the Red Sox a long time ago. He actually signed Hanley Ramirez in Boston originally in like two thousand five. So like he's kind of prone to the guy, and 
Uh, they're going to look at anything. What I think that Baltimore would want out of this more than anything is that he plays well, establishes some value, and then maybe they have a piece to deal, deal with the deadline. I got you. And that just really couldn't happen with that contract that he was under in Boston. Yeah, that makes sense. So, plus in Boston, he wouldn't have the chance to be one of the best players on the on the team. You know what I mean? He would right. be outshined by other, you know, at least over there, you know, in Baltimore. Jeez. Baltimore hasn't had a terribly bad club. They've been pretty average lately. I'm showing 2017 there were 75 and 87. Uh, they had 89 and 73 and 16, uh, even 500 in 2015. 2014, though, they're 96 and 66. Yep, that was a year. That was, but that was a year the Red Sox finished in the basement. The Yankees were rebuilding. I mean, yeah, they true. benefited from the terrible sense. division for sure. Um, but yeah, man, it, it's. Uh, I, I would think that'd be the only value they would try to see there because they're going to move Machado at the deadline. We've talked about that. They're going to probably try to, I mean, they're going to try to move anything they really can, I would imagine. Sure. Um, and I have a feeling Dan Duquette, their GM, is probably on his way out the door. So anyway, it, it, there's a lot going on there. Uh, a lot of Buck Showalter talk that we won't get into today. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, man, it's uh, it's pretty brutal there in Baltimore right now. Yeah, no, uh, best things going uh, right now in the American League. Yankees are on a four-game win streak. Uh, they're against Baltimore today, and Baltimore's on a seven-game losing streak. So anything can happen, but that uh, doesn't set up too terribly well. Well, and that's what I'm talking about with this division, having a couple of juggernauts in it, because when those two teams are good, it doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. It really doesn't, because and like that's exactly why Toronto is where they are, because they've had you know, so much divisional play, which you would expect being a third of the way through the season at this point, but Mm -hmm. they've, they've dropped, I mean, they're just, they're not a good ball club. So they've dropped so many divisional games to the point where they're already 19 back. Now, like I said, it doesn't help that the two juggernauts in the front are two of the best teams in baseball in general. So like that, that's, it's just a really, it's the AL East is always like that. It's extremely lopsided. It just always depends on New York and Boston. And I think that's what the ownership of the Blue Jays hate. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know what you do about that, but anyway, crazy story. All right, let's move on to the Central. All right, yes, take me out to the Central. Justin, let's. what's going on? Cleveland still piddling around at 30 and 28, two games over 500. The Tigers 28 and 31, the Twins at 25 and 30, the Royals at 21 and 38, and the White Sox at 18 and 38. What are your thoughts there? Uh, I want to call back to the great Sambino last episode saying that he heard a big league broadcaster get the twins and the Cleveland <laughs> Indians confused Yes, because that's kind of where I'm at. I feel like we have uh, listeners who are fans of some of these clubs, uh, the twins, the Royals. Uh, we may even have a few Tiger fans out there, uh, but I just don't want to spend too terribly much time here. You have almost every team with a below or with a losing baseball record. Um, Cleveland, they're still just piddling it around. And I want someone to do well. I would love for a storied club like the Tigers or the Royals or the White Sox, you know, to, to show up, but they're just not happening. Nope. I, I agree. I feel like this, the best way to describe this division is it doesn't change from outfielder to outfielder to outfielder episodes. It's yeah, the exact it's same every time. It's still like, I know the weather has thawed out up there, but it's like the division still is, is pretty frozen. Yeah, exactly. It's it's just a weird, weird division. It really is, man. And it it sucks because, like you said, like some t- some ball club could capitalize on that, but mm-hmm. nobody seems to want to be able to. And I'll tell you, like this Cleveland team was always put together in kind of a loose, scrappy type of version. Like that was always the thing about Cleveland in general was that they were really, really scrappy, and then they had a lot of really good hitters on their team, and mm-hmm. and then their pitching was really good. So, like, obviously that equal usually equals winning baseball, right? But, like, as those guys have deteriorated and, like, as they've lost some people, it, it just they hadn't gotten going for them. And they're going to win this division, but, I mean, <laughs> God help. I mean, I hope the Red Sox play them in, in, the round, in the first round. I tell you that. Yeah. By the way, if they end up playing in the first round, this is going to be an episode we have to listen to to see – if uh, Cleveland gets hot or Boston started cooling off, and that's like, well, Justin, this is what you wished for on June 3rd. I, I mean, I still would wish for that because I think they're a much better ball club. <laughs> Good. No, that's that's far out. Yeah, uh, I have nothing else to add about the AL Central. Me neither, man. It's a, it's a shame. Let's talk about the West because uh, there's some really good stuff to talk about in the West here. Um, so we'll start with the standings here. Seattle's at 37-22. and 22. Uh, Houston, 37-23. and 23. Just one more loss, so they're a half game back. Angels at 32 and 28. 
the A's at 31 and 29 and Texas at 25 and 37. What are your thoughts there? I love the Rangers. <laughs> but they're not doing super well. Um, from, uh, from top to bottom here, uh, excuse me. Yeah, from top to bottom here, hats off to Seattle. Um, losing Cano and being 8-2 eight and ten, eight and two in their last 10. They're on a four-game win streak. They're really starting to figure it out. And by hook or crack, by crook, they've overtaken uh, the Astros as the best team uh, in the division, uh, which is incredible. Eh, I wouldn't have uh, said that, that Seattle was going to overtake them. I would have put maybe Los Angeles as having a team. But like you said, they're more of a... Um, you know, kind of a wild card type team, uh, you know, 32 and 28. I think if I'm a Houston fan, though, I would be still thrilled about how well constructed my ball club is. Um, Houston. <laughs> Isn't that know, the like, truth? Yeah, because they just have so much depth. They have so much stuff. I think that within two weeks, Houston's going to be right back on top of this division. Um, kind of surprised by Oakland. Uh, they're only a game back of Los Angeles for the third place spot. And it wouldn't surprise me to see um, to see Oakland overtake the Angels. Yeah, uh, mm, man, we were talking about last episode, uh, or Sam and I were. Otani's really, really, really coming into his own. Um, so I don't know. That'll be interesting to watch too. I agree. I think um, Houston's the rightful owner of this division. It's only a matter of time. I watched them play four straight or three straight games this weekend. I'll watch the four tonight. That's a good ball club, man. The only thing that they're going to have to deal with is a rota- they're going to have to deal with bullpen help somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. We'll get into that here in a little bit, but I fully trust that Seattle or that uh, that Houston will come up over Seattle there. Um, Angels still a little bit sideshowy. Uh, Otani's pitching his ass off. That's about all that's happening there. Oakland, did you happen to hear Sam make the comparison? I can't remember if we talked about this on that episode or not. That Oakland and Tampa Bay are basically the same team on two coasts. I made that comparison in the previous Did you? episode. Yeah, I said oh, okay. they're both uh, Bay Areas. Ah. The, yeah. Uh, I, that, that's, that's on me then. I'm sorry. That's all right. That's uh, all right. Uh, you know, it, it's fine. It, it, it's, it's, you know, I just stole the credit from you. But that's okay. No, but um, I think that Oakland is piddling around. They're going to sell pieces like they always do at the deadline. That's all I got. Sure. Um, yeah. Let's talk about the Rangers for a minute. And let's talk about one player in, in particular. All right. Who do you Bring think this is? You told me beforehand, oh, yeah. but if I had to fancy a guess, uh, I, I'd be wondering if there's, um, you know, perhaps uh, an odor approaching. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. So we're going to talk about Rugnet Odor here for a second. So did you happen to see last week the whole Anthony Rizzo uh, trying to break up, break up a double play when he was sliding into home with his spikes up and trying to get the guy? I didn't see it, but I heard about it. Oh, man. So that happened, right? And so Anthony Rizzo's running for home, slides spikes up to try to, like, and the catcher's, you know, going out to, to throw to, to catch a double play, basically, because he tagged the plate and then tagged, and it was throwing to second. And Rizzo slid in, spikes up, and just nailed him. And he threw it right out into the outfield. And so, of course, they somehow ruled him safe. And it was kind of like that weird thing, um, with the Astro, I'm sorry, the uh, Rangers and the uh, Blue Jays a couple years ago, where Sin Chuchu was like fixing his sleeve or something, and the catcher threw it yeah. and it nicked the sleeve. Remember that? It was yeah. one of those things. Um, but my thing about it is Anthony Rizzo. Like they asked him after the game, like, were you going? Were you trying to hit him with your cleats? And he was like, Yeah, I was. And you know what? If you're doing something like that, that's fine. But just own it. Don't be a pussy about it, right? Yeah. So. Fast forward a little bit to Friday night. The Rangers were playing the Angels, and um, there was a bench-clearing situation where um, essentially um, essentially Odor uh, was sliding into second and like towards Andrelton Simmons, who plays for the Angels, and he was uh, going spikes up towards second to keep from basically... Like, basically to break up a double play. Sure. And... Incidentally, if that new rule that they enacted last year didn't exist that killed the neighborhood play, this wouldn't matter in the first place. Sure. But the, the whole point is, uh, he slid in with spikes up. 
And you cannot do that. There's no reason for that. Man, you know me. Like, I'm the grittiest of gritty when it comes to baseball. Like, I'm, I'm all about, like, the, the, the red-assness that is baseball, right? Sure. But I'm also, I see no reason that we can't play the game safely, especially on a major league level when, I mean, it's an entertainment product. We talk about this on On the Break all the time. This is an entertainment product. That's it. It's a game, right? Mm-hmm. So what, why would you take the risk? Like, it's, just, it's like the Buster Posey thing a couple years ago when he got plowed at home plate when he was blocking the plate, but like, he, and he missed a whole season with a, a torn you know, knee, uh, ACL, MCL, something like that. And there's no reason for that. That dude's one of the most underrated catchers in baseball that nobody ever talks about because he's in some sort of weird black hole in San Francisco. But nonetheless, like those are avoidable. So if they're avoidable, why wouldn't you avoid it? Dude, it makes sense. I, I don't disagree with you at all. So, just... well, so one other thing about it, and then because I, I want to hear your full thought on all. Well, yeah, I want to hear your full thought on all of it. But the problem to me is, right, so... Rizzo did the same thing earlier in the week, and he had no qualms about it saying, yeah, I was doing it. That's exactly what I was trying to do. I was trying to take him out. Of course, when Odor was asked about it, adamant that it was a clean slide. And it's like, dude, fucking admit what you're doing. If you're going to be dirty like that, if you're going to be a dirty player, be a fucking dirty player and own it. Don't be a fucking bitch and just like just deny it or just be like, no, no, it was clean. And then it forced Bannister to have to back him up after the game. Cause of course he wasn't going to let his player hang, but it was like major league baseball ruled it dirty. Well, and that's, that's what's interesting too, is it makes me wonder if he's had a history of dirty plays. And I know he's always been a, a more contentious of a player. So I wonder if there's a part of it where he's trying to rebrand or trying to not be viewed that way. But when you punch a guy in the face at second base, it's hard to not be viewed that way. Exactly. And that's my whole point. And this dude, ever since that happened, and I'm actually writing a pretty big uh, piece on it right now, which will come out here pretty soon. I want to I want to finish it first, obviously. Um, but as a teaser, about how bad he's been since the day he punched that dude in the face. Because he's been fucking terrible, as you know. Sure. And... I just, I have a problem with someone that won't even, like, that that tries to put personify a gritty player, but then won't own it when asked about it. Like, that's fine. Just be that guy. Right. It's like, if you want to have that third piece of cake, just do it, man. Like, right. Own, own that that's what you want to be. Exactly. And so it just, it drove me insane, man. So rant over, but it was, you know, it was absolutely infuriating. Do, do you want to get some cake now? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant joke. Let's go down to the National League, shall we? Let's! <laughs> I'm in a better mood now. I feel like Good. I got that off my chest. I'm glad. You, you seem much lighter across this conversation. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Um, so Sam lost his bet. I'm not sure if you caught that part of the pod, but he lost yes, his bet. about the, the May record. Yep, and it came down to the last day and they lost... <laughs> Uh, or no, uh, well, Atlanta won, so they were the best team in the division at the end of the month. And therefore, Sam is out $20. Yep. That's two Chipotle burritos he just lost. Two. Excuse me, we don't have sponsors. That is two very large burritos from his favorite burrito establishment he just lost. Skyline burritos, maybe? <laughs> Should we go there? No, we won't go there. Yeah, but he lives in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Good point. Um, well, speaking of Atlanta, they're at 35 and 24. Uh, Washington 33 and 25, the Phillies at 31 and 26, the Mets at 27 and 30, and the Marlins at 20 and 39. Ben, thoughts? Uh, working from the bottom up, the fact that Miami is not the worst team in baseball, even though they're the worst team in the National League, surprises me because they did so much to get rid of talent this year. It makes me wonder how their current level of assessment for their rebuild is going, and it not necessarily for next year, but I'm wondering if they're starting to put some stuff together for a three- to four-year plan. I don't know yet. It's still very, very early, but it just makes me wonder. Well, they had that that plan in place with Giancarlo Stanton on the roster, plus you know Christian Yelich and uh, Ozuna and a lot of other guys, and they seem to piss that opportunity away. So we'll see what happens. I'll believe it when I see it. And that's why I'm wondering what they're willing, what they're you know willing to add now, or what they're 
because they're going to be in a selling selling point later in the year. But then what are you looking for as you're getting rid of any names you have left? Are you looking for pitching prospects? Are you looking for bats, you know, totally. position players, what have you? They're going to trade all their politicians on that team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then I'll go a little higher and I'll check out the New York Mets. Once again, pour a tall boy out for Jimmy Midtown. Um, poor Jimmy. Mets are at 27 and 30. They're two and eight in their last 10. What's unfortunate is we've been able to talk about, you know, it used to be two, three weeks ago, we were talking about just how close the NL East, NL Central were. Um, NL East is starting to not not be as close. The Mets have kind of fallen out of that pack there. Uh, the Phillies are in third place. They're three games back. The Mets are seven games back at this point. Nationals are, are in second place a game and a half back. And I think if I'm a Nash, uh, Nationals fan, I'd be pretty happy about starting to starting to figure this out. Yep, starting um, to get healthy. That's right. They're getting healthy. They're putting wins together. They're seven and three of their last ten, and they are just chomping at the bit to overtake the Braves. Yeah, they really are. And like Sam and I talked about, I, I still firmly believe that Washington will win this division and that Atlanta will not be in first place by the end of the year. I agree. Yep. All right, let's move on to the Central. Oh, no, no, no. Let's talk about uh, how yeah, things there, are boiling a, over in Philly right now. Yeah, there's a, there's a story that, that Justin was able to fish up. I wanted to go ahead and bring you all through. So essentially what happened, um, the Phillies were playing in um, in San Francisco which, you know, decent place to play. It's not Beautiful bad. Beautiful ballpark. But um, essentially what Unless happened... Unless you're a hot dog eater. Oh, yes. Dude, it's so funny. What, do you want a shrimp fajitas? <laughs> <laughs> Quesadillas, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Quesadilla. Okay, so Arietta was pitching for, for Philadelphia. Uh, he had faced 16 batters up to that point. Um, he had just almost beamed um, Gorky's Hernandez... Uh, Gorky's Hernandez basically then gets the bats going. So essentially at that point, uh, it gets really rough for Arietta. There was a five run, um, sixth inning. Um, he had cruised through the first five innings and basically the Phillies were in a four run hole. The, however, there was a bright, bright star on the horizon here because the Phillies finally hit a run scored a run, and it was a solo shot by Arietta himself. Yep. What do you think, Justin? So, okay, so a couple of things. So they were, so as uh, he had faced 16 batters at that point, they had a 6-1 to one de- uh, lead right there. And then that rally started, and, you know, it capped off by McCutcheon hitting a three-run jack. And so, like, that crushed it. And But in the third inning, Arietta was leading off, and that's when he hit the home run. Oh, that was whenever he hit. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I want to go over a couple stats with you on this real quick. So uh, uh, I, I wrote a couple of these out, so bear with me here. A position player did not score a run in in the three-game sweep, and the offense has now been shut out for 29 straight innings, everybody except for Arietta. Jeez. So Arietta tried I mean, tried to put the team on his back, but you can't really put a three-game set on your on your back unless you're like LeBron James or something. Right, right. Um, but man, that was not a sweep that the Phillies were ready for. Um, they also, another thing that I, uh, I, uh, wrote down, uh, the Phillies managed just 15 hits in the three games against the Giants going 0 for 17 with runners in scoring position. And they struck out 11 times on, uh, uh, today and left eight runners on base. Dude, you just can't leave runners stranded like that. I mean... Yes, it's still early, but we are now about a third of the way through the season, and the Phillies are, they're only three back in the division, they're 31 and 26, um, but I think there's still a lot of things that Kapler has to prove. I'm going to tell you right now, this offense is in trouble if they don't start hitting better right this second. They cannot go 0 for 17 with runners in scoring position, like it's not, that's not a winning formula in any way, shape, or form. They have a really young core. They have a, like you know a lot of really strong up and comers. I equate them uh, kind of on the same platform as Atlanta. It's going to be really fun to watch this division over the couple years, uh, over the coming years. But like they cannot. That is such a, a a blow to morale. And if they knock themselves out of this thing that quickly, 
It's going to be absolutely disastrous for Gabe Kapler. It's going to be disastrous for the locker room. And the other thing about this whole thing that's been happening is uh, in this series, Kapler used uh, all these different defensive shifts that nobody understood why he used them because none of them worked. (laughs) None of them. Dude, listen to this July that the Phillies have coming up. They're going to be in Chicago, home against Milwaukee, home against the Rockies, at Milwaukee, at St. Louis, at Washington, home against the Yankees, home against Washington, and then it's uh, and then it's July. Every team Yikes. they play this month has a winning record. Yep. That's going to be a test. It's going to be a real test. And a lot of those are, did you say a lot of those are on the road? A decent amount, yeah. Yeah, so, and they're a club that's... But the ones in Milwaukee and the ones in Washington, I think, are going to be the ones to really watch out for. But remember that they're 19-9 and at home and 12-17 and on the road. Dude, it's going to be rough, man. That's the markings of a very young team in my mind. Sure. Um, All right. I think that about covers it, but things are boiling over. We'll be keeping an eye on that for the grounds crew, I think. Um, Let's talk about the Central. Love it. Bring on the central. All right. So Milwaukee, 37 and 23. They've got the most wins in the National League. Uh, the Cubs, 33 and 23. The Cardinals at 32 and 25. The Pirates at 30 and 29. And the Reds at 21 and 38. Thoughts? Who'd have, th- who'd have thought that when you play just shy of 60 games, you start to see a little bit of space being put between these teams? Uh, Brewers are in the lead. Cubs are two games back. Uh, but I think the Cubs are, are getting pretty hot overall. So I'm really liking um, really liking the fact that they're, you know, on a four-game win streak, they're 8-2 and two in their last 10. Not to be outdone, though, St. Louis coming up again. And historically, the Cardinals-Cubs rivalry is a really good one to watch. So I like the fact that you have three, uh, excuse me, four teams above 500 in this division because I think it makes a lot of uh, good Midwest baseball happening. Pirates... They're still hanging in there. They're one game above 500. They're six and a half back. I don't think they're going to catch Milwaukee, but I think that if they play well and continue to keep the wheels on, they could try to make a run at the wild card. That being said, I don't think that it's going to happen when you have you know this strong of a Cubs team. Okay, I can see that. Um, I like it. Let's see. So we have, so Cincinnati's still doing whatever they're doing. Uh, the Pittsburgh Cubs rival, uh, rivalry seems to be well and alive, which I love to see as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're still kind of piddling around that 500 mark. Uh, they're still above water, which is better than I think we thought they would be. So that's exciting. Um, unfortunately, dealing with Milwaukee and the Cubs in this division is going to be a thorn in the side of them and St. Louis all year this year. Um, St. Louis just had uh, Reyes come back. He's been a, a high-toted pitching prospect for a long time. Made one start and gave up like six runs on my fantasy team and went back on the DL with a significant lat strain. So uh, just another kick in the balls to my fantasy team. But nonetheless, um, that was a, a blow that they they really didn't want to count on. So it's kind of interesting. Uh, otherwise, Cubbies... Picking it up, man. They're 8-2 of their last 10. You were right there. Uh, but I still believe in the Brew Crew in that division. Travis Shaw in the bunch. Uh, Aguilar's hitting really, really well for Milwaukee. Uh, really exciting stuff happening there, man. It's going to be a fun division to keep watching develop. Dude, you're absolutely right, man. You were absolutely right. All right. Let's move on to the West. This is the final uh, division here. A lot of interesting things happening here. Uh, we talked a lot about this last pod, but uh, things have changed. Sorry, excuse yes. me. Things have changed a little bit. Yeah, since y'all, um, y'all, if, if y'all didn't get a chance to listen, make sure to check out episode 23. Um, Sam and Justin definitely broke down what's going on in Arizona, and uh, looks like them, the people in, uh, in that hot, hot state may have started listening to our podcast, because it looks like they're starting to put some wins back on the board. Yeah, they are. They definitely are. Um, they had a good, I mean, they had a series against Miami this weekend, so that helped. Okay, sure. But uh, yes, yeah, so Arizona 31-27. and 27. Uh, Colorado 30 and 29, Dodgers 29 and 30, San Francisco 29 and 30, San Diego 26 and 34. Thoughts? I'm super, super impressed and also kind of bummed out about where this division is 
So hear me out on this because they sound like conflicting ideas, but they're not. I'm listening. Because we all thought that Arizona, Colorado, or the Dodgers were going to be powerhouse clubs this year. And it's almost like war of attrition is happening where the fourth place Dodgers are only two and a half back of the first place Diamondbacks. And the Dodgers and Giants are tied. So it is super, super close right now. And I don't expect it to keep up, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if we don't have a clear division favorite by the time the All-Star break comes in. We should, but it wouldn't surprise me if we don't. What do you think? Yeah, so San Diego's still doing their thing. San Francisco, I still think will shake loose from the pack somewhere along the way. Um, They're kind of figuring it out. The Dodgers are still riddled with injuries. Like I think I said on the last pod, the only team I've seen with more injuries is Sam's fantasy team. Um, So they're struggling still. Dude, the worst news could have happened for them that Kershaw went back on the 10-day DL yesterday. Yeah. That was the worst possible thing that could have happened because if they could have gotten him back, they could have started to see a little bit of traction and things kind of maybe turn the corner a little bit for them. But they're just still so riddled with injuries. I don't don't know how they come out of that. I think... If there's a silver lining for the Dodgers, they're figuring it out from a run scored versus runs allowed standpoint. They're just not doing it at the right time. So like now that they've figured out they have a plus 37 differential at 273 scored and only 236 allowed. So they're plus 37. They're the best in their division. It's just you can't, you know, hang 20 on someone and then not score a run for a week, which is what I feel has been happening. Also seems to be happening in Philly as well. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's so true. And they just, I, I, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it keeps going. I don't know how they could be anything but sellers at this point. But we'll see. We'll see. We're, we've got a month to the deadline, but it's going to be a hell of a month until then. That's right. No, we got right. two, it's... excuse me, we've got two months till the deadline. But uh, a month till the All-Star break is what I was thinking. Dude, we got a, we got a long, great summer ahead of us. No, it's so great. Um, and Arizona, man, they just... I mean, like I said, helped uh, playing Miami this weekend. They're six and four of their last ten, but being losing eighteen of their last twenty before that—that's rough. That is indeed what a dog says. Really rough. I love the idea, but like at a certain point, where do the dogs pee? <laughs> I hate you so much right now. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. You love that. Oh man. <laughs> All right, well, that is the end of Around the Diamond. Why did you have that one queued up already? Because <laughs> that was the one I played at the beginning of the show. Oh, Jesus, that's great. I've got a couple other ones that uh, that might come up here at some point. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, 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 now that we've taken us on a trip around the diamond, we have a wonderful thing um, that we're going to go over. Now we get to learn all about Justin's uh, trip down. I was going to call it a road trip, but I guess I can't call it that anymore. No. Justin's trip down to H-Town. Absolutely, How was it, man? man? Man, so this was a series that I was looking forward to. So we actually wanted to do this last year, and it just didn't end up working out. Um, we had something, we had a wedding or something on that exact weekend that they were in town in Houston. And so it was just one of those things that had kind of been lingering and, and we talked about it a bunch on the pod already, but my wife had never been down there. So one, I mean, we just kind of decided, you know what, we're going to go on down and check it out. Love it. So we were excited. Uh, it's a 35, four, it's like a 45 minute flight down there. Uh, so quick flight. Uh, we got in on Friday. So the first, so this was a four game set uh, that started on Thursday. Boston dropped the first game. So already you were pissed off. I was a little worried because going into it, I really, really, my expectation was baseball wise that I want to, I just, I want to do it at the very minimum, split the series. If we okay. split the series, I'm good. I'm happy. So that's kind of what I went into expectation wise for baseball. Um, yeah. Aside from that. So I had been to Minute Maid Park before, so I knew what to expect a little bit. My wife did not. Um, so on Thursday, we, it was, or on, sorry, sorry, excuse me. On Friday, we went to the game whenever we first got in. We got in at like three o'clock on, thir- on Friday. And I decided like on Thursday, I was just going to pick up like nosebleed tickets for that game. Cause I was like, well, we're going to be in town. No- I mean, anyway, what else do we have to do? Sure. We don't have like friends or anything. So, you know. No, man. I understand that. Yeah. That's why we started a baseball podcast. Exactly. Here we are. Um, 
but man, they, I will say since the last time I was there now, granted the last time I was there was absolutely drunk in college. Okay. Love it. So just keep that in mind. Um, la- actually the last time I went, I went, uh, I went with a friend of the pod, Caitlin, and we went to this date party and she was the only one of my friends that I trusted to be able to get wasted in front of and not like, you know, like be weird. So like, you know, we could always do stuff like that and have a good time. So we went to this date party and we didn't even make it to the game. We ended up getting drunk at the bar across the street first. Awesome. And so they were in the national league still at this point as well. Yeah. So okay. been a while, but anyway, uh, so I didn't remember a ton about the park exact. It's like specifically, I knew it was awesome, but I just didn't remember some of the specifics. Uh, man, they've got a really nice setup. You know, St. Arnold's is a, a beer down in Houston. That's like, that's what they're like, you know, that's like from Houston. It was all over the park. They had, you know, concession stands were plentiful all throughout. They had a really clean setup. Uh, I was really impressed by the park in general. Nice. I really love the, the, uh, the idea of the indoor ballpark in Texas. That's, that's key. Yeah, dude, I'm excited for the one in Arlington in 2020. So how was, because I've been through Houston a number of times, uh, regrettably, but I've also, uh, I haven't been to Minute Maid. So have they, like, figured out, like, traffic and parking? That Was that too much of a headache? Man, it wasn't. So we stayed about, like, six blocks or so from the hotel uh, okay, cool. to Minute Maid. So it was a little bit of a walk kind of across a park kind of deal. But it was really, really nice. Like, uh, I mean, you could walk right down there. They did have parking around the stadium, and they have it outside of Loop 610, I think is what it is. I don't, I don't really understand how Houston's, like, traffic grid works out. And it didn't help that we didn't rent a car. We just Ubered because we were, like, 15 minutes from the airport. Oh. And um, so anyway, we, we, um, we got to walk down there, so that made it super easy. Um, and on Friday, they didn't close the streets off around the park. Uh, like they did on Saturday, just, I mean, the Red Sox being in town, the Astros, they wanted to, you know, make sure that they had everything, uh, the setup and everything to be able to contain like that many people. But man, sure. even on Saturday, it was not even a sold out crowd or there were there was not an ass in every seat. Got it. Which interesting. we've talked about a lot. I mean, they really, their attendance has still suffered from that rebuild. And Which is nuts considering their they just, World Series champions. Yeah, they just won the World Series. Exactly. Um, so anyway, so we got tickets up in the top. There are the nosebleeds. Um, that was an experience in and of itself, not to be all elitist or anything like that, uh, but the fans were much, much tackier up there. Okay. I go to a game like that, and it's hard enough being the away fan, right? Yeah, but no, like, I get it. But like, you don't got to be a dick about nothing. Like, you and I have talked about this. Like, I feel very confident in the amount of rings that Boston's won in the last 10 to 15 years. And that I, I, you know, I'm not leaning on that every time I need to make an argument about the team. A lot sure. of those people do because they're t-shirt fans and they're bandwagon fans. And all of a sudden, um, you know, all of a sudden the, the Astros were good and they're jumping on that bandwagon. Now I will say, and we've talked about this a lot too. I, I liken that team last year to the very similar to that 2013 Red Sox team that won the world series because they had, it's not that it's not necessarily that they're on the same skill level because that Boston team had no business winning a world series that year, but it's the fate thing, right? Like a huge right. hurricane happened in Houston. Like as a, it's a really emotional thing and really hard for some people. And what are you, what are you going to rally around? Well, this team is fucking incredible. So rally around that. And they did. So I, I'll give that to Houston fans. Really awesome to see. Dude. Absolutely. Cause wasn't the 2013 Red Sox team, the, the year of the bombing that April. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So, I mean, it's, it's one of those things. Fate plays a weird part in these kinds of things at times. Um, so the fanfare there was, um, I mean, it's the cheap seats, right? So, I mean, it's, it's, they, it was not as pleasant. And, and I say that because, and, and to even to compare it to Saturday's game where we were on the first level, we got lucky enough to, to score some tickets there. Um, but those people on Saturday, like sitting around me could not have been friendlier. Hmm. They were the nicest people. Like, you know, we were just bullshitting about, you know, like at one point, like, uh, so Boston won, uh, lost on Thursday, Friday, won Saturday, and they're currently winning right now uh, for Sunday. So we're on track to split the series, knock on wood. Um, and yes, I did knock on the wood if that didn't come through in the microphone. That was not a drop. That was incredible. Right. Um, but uh, they were, uh, and so I say that is not to, to shit on the fans up top, but more to, to give 
credit to how great the fans were that were sitting down with us who understood the game of baseball, at least in general terms. I got you. It's kind of like you get points for not just being a jerk to other people. Exactly. Like, like, dude, at one point, this, this was, I was, so I was bubbling and, and I live tweet a lot of the games I'm at and I live tweet a lot of games in general uh, or a lot of Red Sox games anyway. And so I'm, I'm live tweeting and I'm pissed off a little bit because they got smoked in the first game. Um, and uh, Sale had a pretty good outing, but he just... Uh, or, I'm, I'm sorry, they got smoked in the second game, the first game that I went to. And uh, he, he had a pretty good outing, but it just it was a rough day. I'll say that. Um, but we'll talk about the statistics, or the, the actual numbers here in a second. But um, there were just fans around me, and so we're on day two of a four-game set, and there's fans around me screaming, get out the broom, get out the broom. And it's like, are you trying to talk about a sweep in game two of a four-game set? I don't think they realized that there was four games being played against these two teams. <laughs> so it's just things like that where it's like, hey, if you don't know what you're talking about, shut the fuck up. I get it. Don't, don't, don't rag on me eating a hot dog. <laughs> just don't do it. Um, so, like I said, the Friday experience versus the Saturday experience were night and day a little bit um, in a lot of different ways, but... Hats off, those guys, those people around me couldn't have been nicer. There was a fair amount of jabs going back and forth, but it was all in good fun, and everybody had a great time. It was awesome there. Good. So the ballpark experience, top-notch. Hats off to Houston. Awesome. Well, well done. Um, give it up for H-Town. I know I give them a lot of crap, but, but good for them for putting on decent products. Exactly. Speaking of decent products, walk me through the games. Oh, man. All right, so both these teams so the Red Sox went into this series with a record of 39 and 18 Houston 36 and 22 Thursday May 31st so this Thursday game one uh it was McCullers versus Drew Pomerantz okay fuck Drew Pomerantz <laughs> okay that's really all I want to say about that that game uh Boston lost four to two but I'll tell you one thing Drew Pomerantz is dangerously close to losing his starting uh, starting spot in this rotation. You held the best, the highest scoring team to four runs. Dude, it was, it was ugly. It was way more ugly than the numbers show or the, okay. than it feel than the final score shows. Um, Excuse me. And by the way, I misspoke both Boston and the Yankees have more runs scored than the Astros. I apologize. Well, there you go. Um, so that game was tough. I watched it at home. Um, and man, it was one of those things that going into, we talked about how I really wanted them to split that series, but it was yeah. one of those things where I really wanted them to at least take game one. Right. Cause if you take game one and you take one, like maybe game three, you're in great shape, but I knew the pitching matches matchups coming up this, uh, that weekend were good. So I wasn't too concerned. Um, Drew Pomerantz went five innings. He... Gave up four earned, or he gave up six hits, four runs, four earned, two bases on balls, struck out five and gave up a home run. He's got a 681 ERA. Jeez. So uh, Stephen Wright came out, uh, came out in relief after the fifth inning to, uh, to take things over. Okay. And he gave up no earned runs, no hit, or uh, had one hit, struck out four. So all that to say... Um, not Boston's best pitching day, not to mention, man, like one thing that we, we've talked about a little bit that my concern for Boston is some of their, their infield defense, Rafael Devers, their third baseman is really starting to look like he just needs more time in Pawtucket in triple A. Okay. It, it really does because he's just struggling so much, just little, little defensive, you know, little tiny things, like little flashes of things that just are just like, oh man, you couldn't clean, you couldn't feel that cleanly. You know, just little things like that that just are mistakes that happen in the minors. Yeah, like like I think you put it well in the last episode that hey, there's a certain amount of you take a lot of things for granted and just when they don't transpire, it just really kind of makes you scratch your head. And it sounds like you got a fair amount of that going on. Correct. Um, so Friday, so that was the first game I went to, Boston lost seven to three. So you were in a great mood. I was so I was in an okay mood because I really, really... So that was Sale versus um, Garrett Cole 
which was a hell okay. of a matchup. Oh, dude, I'll bet. And so Chris Sale went six innings, six hits, four runs, four earned, uh, one base on ball, struck out six, gave up one home run. So it was one of those things they made him pay when they made him pay hard. Right. Or he, they made him pay hard whenever he, they made him pay. Yeah, I knew what you meant. Dyslexia is a funny thing that way. <laughs> um, Garrett Cole, seven innings, uh, five hits, three, three runs, three earned, one base on balls, struck out seven, gave up two home runs. So they had a pretty equivalent matchup. Yeah. And also, sidebar, this is the first time in Chris Sale's career that he's been over a three ERA. Jeez. And... This is the second. This is the first time in his career that he's taken back-to-back losses. That sounds not fair to the rest of us. Yeah, it does not. It does not. Um, That's awesome, man. Like, so yeah. So then, it's, um, it's a bummer that it has to happen, but it's good that it's been this long. Right? No, no, no. For sure. It's, it's just it's crazy that that's the case. Um, a couple other side notes. Um, there was a, a situation. So this is around when the whole sweep thing was happening. But Joe Kelly came on. Uh, for a third of an inning, he gave up uh, three earned runs. He walked two, and he gave up two home runs. And so your reaction was just barely live tweeting, furious. And like, dude, so Joe Kelly is my boy. Like, I love that guy. Like, he is. We can go into my love affair with him at some other time, but like, it used to be one of those things. Whenever he came out of the mound, all I could think about was. My heart just dropped out of my butt. Like, that's all I could think about every single time. So. I love that expression. I knew you did. You don't think that is an expression? Nope. Um, also, don't lay out on me. <laughs> don't you dare. No, man. <laughs> don't you dare. I'll edit that shit right out of here. Um, you, played the, you played the dog pee drop, man. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Good point. Twice. Yeah. <laughs> It fit, it fit the second time a lot better, though. Um, so hats off, uh, Garrett Cole, 6-1. and one. That dude's throwing nails, man. Um, but last night was the game. It was uh, fun. Uh, we talked about it. Like uh, The fanfare was much better, but also the game was much better. Um, and it, it sounds like even if y'all would have lost last night, which you didn't, but even if you would have, it was at least more of a, dude, a fun Yes. Absolutely. Uh, so it was David Price versus Verlander. Oh my gosh! Verlander had a one thirty one ERA coming into that game. Price at two, uh, four, three ninety four, something like that. Probably from all the I Fortnite. Mean, you have two likely all stars going at it. Yep, no doubt about it. Um, Verlander, by the way, still got it. Still got yeah. it. Justin freaking Verlander. Exactly. Went uh, six innings. Gave up two earned, two bases on ball or ball, bases on balls, uh, six strikeouts, one twenty-four ERA in the game. God, it's pretty impressive. Um, after that, though, so there was a couple things that happened in this game. Um, number one, Sandy Leone played in the first two games, and he missed. Uh, so he he's their one of their catchers, platoons. He um, he mishandled. He misframed like five or six pitches that hmm. that went for pass balls. Interesting. So going into a David Price start, he was not going to play. Period. Plus he's hitting like under the Mendoza line. Jeez. So I was so, furious about that. Do you think that there's something like it's a it's a headspace thing? Is is he injured maybe and it's affecting his play? What do you think's going on there? It's about where I mean he's hitting worse than he ever has in his career, but I mean he's not the, a career guy as far as being a lot better than that. Um, the reason that infuriates me is because they have Christian Vasquez on their team, which he, I mean, alone in this game, or uh, going into this game, had a 191 uh, batting average with a 483 uh, OPS. However, I'm not looking for a lot of run production out of my catcher that often. I'm looking for, can you frame pitches? Yeah. And do you have passed balls and, and all those kinds of things? So right. You're looking for, you got to get the bare minimum done. Correct. Um, ironically, Vasquez hit a home run in that game. <laughs> so, um, insult to injury. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Benintendi hit a two run jack. Uh, Jumbo Dong Martinez, two run jack. Uh, Mitch Moreland is still Mitchy two bags. I've, I've been tweeting out the best picture 
every time Mitch Moreland hits a home run or hit, hit, gets a double, uh, it's him pitching in the All-Star game with the two-bags jersey on. Awesome. That was so awesome. Um, but, man, like, so he, so I'll tell you how this game went. Boston went up one to nothing in the first. Houston answered back in the second. So 1-1, awesome. right? So back-to-back, y- y'all, yep. y'all are it, – it's feeling good. It's feeling tight. Correct. Third inning, Houston hits two home runs – or uh, scores two runs. All right. So getting a little deflated, but still early, still a good game. Still feeling okay. Two clean innings for both teams, the fourth and fifth. The sixth, Boston scores one. The seventh, Boston scores three. The eighth, Houston scores one. So the final was five to four. Okay, yeah. So Boston's up by one going into the ninth. Correct. And so, of course, like, they're getting around to the heavy, heavy part of the lineup. Um, and Price, so Price had a really good day. Uh, we already talked about Verlander, but Price went six innings, uh, had five hits, had three earned runs, uh, two ba- or one base on balls, and seven strikeouts, and gave up one home run. So again, the same thing like it was with Price. He, he didn't have to pay often, but when he paid, he paid. Right. And um, you had, the front of this lineup has George Springer, uh, Bregman, Altuve, Correa. That's a hell of a beginning of the lineup. Yeah, dude, that's close to murderer's row. The lowest OPS on the beginning of that lineup is Bregman at 800. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, to quote South Park, you're going to have a bad time. Correct. So I knew that they were going to be facing this. And so long story short, Joe Kelly came out. He went one inning, uh, which was a hell of an eighth. He's really their setup, man. He uh, had gave up one hit, one earned run, so he gave up one solo shot, um, and so of course, so that made it five to four. And the very first thing that happened was that uh, George Springer got on base, and I was like, "Oh okay. shit, this is bad." Like, yeah, this, this is, is not, really bad. And it's not boding well for our heroes. No, especially when you have Bregman, Altuve, Correa coming up. Right. And um, so anyway, Joe Kelly slugs his way through this inning. Dude, I was like standing, like I couldn't sit down, and I had to sit down. Like I was in the, I was in the, like the, the foul ball territory on the the uh, third base side, so I couldn't be standing. But I, I just, I couldn't even deal with myself. Right. Um, and not to mention, like I'm not drinking for a while right now, so like there was no nothing to take the edge off. Right. So it was, it was stressful. But like I said. Like, we were having a good time with the people around us, you know? So, like, they made it a lot of fun. And, like, um, you like, were hyperventilating. They were loaning you plastic or paper bags. <laughs> exactly. I just put my head between my legs. Yep. Just trying to, yeah, just trying to deal with my shit. Um, just hold on, Justin. Yeah, just, it's okay. So, yeah, Claire kept telling me the whole time, it's okay. Hey, it's okay. I, was, I know. I, I'm good. I'm good. But meanwhile, <laughs> I'm furiously tweeting, dude, if I didn't have Twitter, I don't know what I would do. <laughs> you should go back and read the string of tweets from like that that inning. You'll see where it is. Oh, I might have to. You'll see That's where great. it is. It was it was nerve wracking to say the least. Um, ninth came on. Craig Kimbrell came on to close the game out. They put a base runner on, and I was like, "Oh shit! This is exactly where a walk off type of situation happens." Yep. Kimbrell came out, shut him down in a row. Good. Yeah, man. It was a, it was a hell of a game. So Boston won five to four. Currently, right now, last I looked, it's uh, like top of the eighth, and it's like eight to one Boston, something like that. So, needless to say, you've had a pretty good weekend. Oh, six to three Boston into the seventh. Um, yeah, man, it was a good one. I, like I said, I just want them to split this series, and we'll be good. Um, and even if they don't, I'm not particularly worried about it. They came into a point where, I mean, Boston's banged up. Pedroia went back on the DL. Really don't know what's going on with that, but that seems to be getting stranger by the day. And, um, yeah, man, it just they're they're just having to deal with uh, injury. They're having to deal with you know the lack of Hanley Ramirez now, which they seem to be very set on the fact that they are good without him. However, they brought up Sam Travis from the minors yesterday. Whenever they moved Pedroia to the DL, who is sixty full points under what Hanley was in the minors than Hanley was in the majors, as far mm-hmm. as uh, OPS goes. That's interesting. So they would rather go with a guy that was 60 points less in the minors to replace a guy in the majors who was sitting 60 points better than that dude. It's a little bit of a suspect move. But hey, man, it's working out okay. We don't. It's working out okay. It really is. 
Um, so update our, our listeners here. Let's let's round it out quite nicely. Um, did you and your wife ever get your shirts for this road trip? Sure did. I actually have three Dustin Pedroia shirts now <laughs> because I'm pretty sure that they finally figured out. I don't know what happened. To be honest, to be real honest with you, I don't know what happened, but I have three Pedroia shirts and three other ones that I bought. So I had a total of six shirts now. But hey, I'm good for like three years at this point. We're going to go ahead and uh, we're going to raffle one off in our next outfielder contest <laughs> or something. Absolutely. I'll sign it. <laughs> it's a Justin Warren and signed Pedroia shirt. Oh, Pedroia signed it. No, Justin. No, Justin did. did. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. All right, man. Well, that is, uh, that is Houston talk. Dude, that's great. Dude, thanks for sharing. Well done. Absolutely. It was a good time. It was uh, a little bit nerve-wracking at times, but I enjoyed it. Overall, I enjoyed it. So. I get it, man. Yeah, man. All right. Well, we have one final segment. It's everybody's favorite segment. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Let's do it. Rapid Fire! Awesome. I love Rapid Fire. It's one of my favorite uh, segments on the show. Let's yes. do Rapid Fire, man. You start us off. All right. So a little callback to the ad read. Which song do you like better? Centerfield by Fogarty or Boys of Summer by Don Henley? <laughs> Don't set me up in some sort of trap here. Um, I would probably say Boys of Summer by Henley. I don't know. That's man, that's a toss-up. Uh, can I think about this and get back to you on the next episode? Yeah, that'll be in episode 25. Yes. The Boys well, of Summer. Make a note. Yeah, the Boys of Summer. <laughs> exactly. No, make a note. But I, I think my gut answer is... is uh, any song that was good enough to be done by by Don Henley and the Ataris. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you're right on there. Um, I think the Grammy people got it right. Your turn. Damn straight they did. Will Rootnet Odor play out his contract in Texas? Ooh, what's he have left? One year or two? Like three? No. Okay, I didn't think so either. I don't think three. Um, if you could have one guest on this podcast, who would you want? Any guest? Any guest. Oh. At this point, it's got to be Hanley Ramirez, because I want to know what the fuck happened. <laughs> no, it would definitely be Manny. Probably. Well, it'd be hard to talk to Manny, I feel like. I'd say Jason Veritek. Okay. Same question for you. What do you think? You can't same question me. I'm just going to say something silly like Abraham Lincoln or something. <laughs> that'd be, that'd uh, be, Abe, uh, I'm going to tell you about this new sport. It's called baseball. <laughs> You're going to love it. <laughs> yeah, we'd have to explain baseball to him first. Um, will Jimmy ever come on this pod again? Yes, if we pay him. Agreed. Agreed. All right. That was pretty good. That was a good, good quick little rapid yeah, fire. Yeah, bad. I can handle that. It wasn't bad. Not bad at all. All right. Watch out for that crossfire going. All right. Well, we definitely want to thank everyone for tuning in for our episode. We are definitely happy and uh, proud to have you all here. Make sure if you like what you're hearing, check us out. We are on sensiblyloud.com. It's kind of the flag mothership here. Uh, want to make sure that you go there. You check out all of our blog posts, other other great podcasts we also have on the docket. We have On the Break, a basketball podcast uh, coming to you hot with some with some NBA Finals content. Plus, we are on Twitter at OutfielderPod. We are on Instagram at OutfielderPod. And we are on Facebook as the Outfielder Podcast. Uh, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe on Apple, iTunes, or the Google Play Store. Thank you so much. And thanks to Justin for engineering and putting together all of our great soundboard stuff today. Thank you, sir. All right. We want to thank everybody for tuning in for episode 24 of the Outfielder Podcast. We would like to thank all of our fans, Sensibly Loud Media, our sponsors, and those with the sharp eye to keep the runners close. Grounds crew, keep patrolling that outfield, and we will see you back here next time on the Outfielder Podcast. Yeah.